¡Dale! ¡Sí, señor! Uh, it's the day before Halloween. Yeah. <risa> Bienvenidos and welcome to the Familia FFP Podcast. El podcast para ti. I'm Jorge Georgi Martín and Primo Ricky is in the house. What up? Yeah, and you don't, you know, if he's if he's in the house, just make sure there's no one lurking behind because it is Halloween. You never know if somebody might be with a chainsaw or something God, going on. <laughs> dark outside right now. You're gonna scare me. I live um, by myself, just me, my dog, and my birds. Oh man! Well, gracias everybody for joining us. Uh, como siempre, es un placer. Uh, make sure you're checking out our website at familiaffp.com, as well as our social media channels: uh, Twitter at familiaffp, our familiaffp Facebook page, as well as our familiaffp.com website where we got original content. Uh, well, this is Friday, October 30th, day before Halloween. Primo, uh, you know, let's let's go back. You know, you're, you're a little closer to the younger days when uh, dressing up for Halloween. But uh, <laughs> what's uh, what are some of the favorite things, favorite memories from uh, Halloween's past? God, I, I remember being a teenager in high school or middle school and going through the neighborhoods till 1 a.m., 2 a.m. with a pillowcase filled with candy. Those were the days. I don't even know if they do that anymore, but because I feel like not everybody's handing out candy. Uh, I remember you're always looking for that that big king size one or the normal oh, size yeah. one because everything was the fun size. But uh, And always finding that pamphlet that told you you're going to go to hell. <laughs> so... Good times, good times. Oh man! Trading the candy at the end, something that I in my neighborhood, maybe because I'm from Lancaster, California, tumbleweed town. Not a lot of Mexican candy comes in our bags. Do you guys? Did you have that growing up, where you guys would get Mexican candy? Oh, in Pacoima. Oh yeah, there were, we got plenty of mazapan, and uh, you know, a lot, a lot of people would go, uh, yeah, Americanized, get the little, the little candy bars, uh, the mini candy bars, the <laughs> Three Musketeers, and the Snickers. But no, you know what got... the Virginia does? What? She buys the candy after Halloween when it's on sale, and she freezes it and gives it out for the next Halloween. Oh, gotta love that. God, I love that. Oh man! So don't take your kids to that area. Oh wow! You know one one bit of one piece of candy that I always hated was the butterscotch. Uh, I know it's not Mexican candy. Oh, I like but, those. I mean, oh, I never liked those. Never. Liked are those. the 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 strawberry candies that are wrapped that look like a little strawberry? Are those Mexican candies? Oh yes. Oh yes. Okay, because I always saw you know my abuelita with them. And, oh yeah, she had them all the time. Yeah, or like the the mazapan, oh. the peanuts of that just so chalky. You had to have like milk with it. You you always wanted to make sure you weren't wearing dark pants when you opened one of those up because <laughs> you knew it was going to be getting all over you. Oh, but they're so good. You just had to have a little bit as a, at a time. Oh, and you know what? You were you weren't kidding about you know being out till all hours, man. You know when you're in a Latino neighborhood, they trick or treat until you know until well past it's an it should excuse be. it's oh. for latinos it's an excuse to celebrate to, oh. to just be up and and be happy and every day we should always be looking for that oh well i i remember one time and we we're you know this is when we were living in pacoima i mean we were this was like 10 10 30 maybe even 11 o'clock at night we were us we were out our lights were off and everything 
and we were in, everybody was in bed and all of a sudden we hear, we're banging on our door and my dad goes to the door and it's the it's these bunch of kids trick or treat trick or treat and I'm like are you kidding me yeah it's like 11 o'clock everybody's in their pajamas so we had some candy left over and they gave it to them but yeah that that was hilarious but i will say you know when i think of halloween i always think of, i think i was like in seven or something like that I got a Superman outfit and it was just like, it, it was like a plastic Superman, you know, like a blue suit or something like that. I mean, it was definitely baggy or stuff like that with the ugly uh, red cape. And I had a red mask uh, just that, just to cover my eyes and went, just went over the nose. But I mean, I was just like, Oh, that was, that, that was, uh, that, that was one of those things that like we bought at save on or something like that. And <laughs> Did you wear uh, it after Halloween too? Oh yeah, I was that was oh yeah, when I was 7 years old, Superman was my god. He was it. Oh, was I had beautiful. an astronaut outfit that I just loved because it made me feel so much like an astronaut. It had the helmet, all that, and it just felt so real. Uh, but then and I got to wear it at school too, which was one of the first times that I remember. And then later in life, I was <laughs> I was a really happy Jesus. And my grandma helped me make like the whole, uh, the white garb that he wore. And I had a wig and I had like a golden crown and it was just, an, I had the Jesus sandals, which are just like leather sandals that dads wear. Uh, it was <laughs> like I my favorite. I have those. <laughs> exactly. So I walked around there and it just was an awesome outfit. So I would say those two are my favorite all time. And besides, I, I think for like five years straight, I was a bumblebee. Just because it was so easy and simple, and it reminded me of the Bumblebee from from The Simpsons. Oh, that's that's good. Well, you know, I, I, one thing I I do love about uh, having kids is it kind of brings back Halloween, and, and you know, my girls get a lot more into it, and they get. What's they, your favorite outfit of theirs? Oh gosh, uh, one year. Uh, oh, uh, for them, there was one year my twins. Uh, one was a pirate girl and the, and, she, and the other one was a cowgirl. And it was, uh, it, yeah, Larissa was a pirate girl and Rianne was a, a cowgirl. Uh, Solana was one year. She was Dorothy from uh, Wizard of Oz just looked just like Dorothy, but uh, it was fantastic. But one of my favorite moments, we were this one kid in our neighborhood. He really goes out all out for Halloween. He does his whole front yard, like a haunted house or something like that. And this time <laughs> the, he and his friends were like scaring other people and he was dressed as the grim reaper. So my kids always love going down to his house because he's, I mean, I swear this kid should be, you know, designing rides at Disneyland. And uh, we went in there and the, the kid is, and he was like a teenager at the time. This is probably about four or five years ago. And uh, he start he's, uh, uh, you know, doing, doing the Grim Reaper thing. And Larissa, who was uh, dressed as a pirate girl, she had like a fake uh, sword he's going out and he's like threat, you know, it looks like he's going to do the, you know, hit her with the, the, his grim reaper and she's got her sword out and she's there like dueling. <laughs> so it was beautiful. It was and that's beautiful. nice because usually it, it takes kids to get us into the Halloween spirit again Absolutely. And to, to really play those characters. So it's nice to see someone in your neighborhood, you know, and it's a kid too. get your kids in the spirit and all happy and childlike. Oh man. Well, I'm going to be happy and childlike, uh, doing our Thursday night football recap. 
Go for it. Bueno, uh, my nephew Robbie, when he was learning to talk, he's uh, five years old now, he would sometimes yell, Oh no! Awa! He wasn't talking about last night's Panthers-Falcons game, but the rain was such a factor in the play that he might as well have been. Erin uh, Andrews kind of summed it up best when she showed how the rain was coming down hard and sideways. Uh, but it didn't stop the Falcons from winning 25-17. Um, La Juvia just definitely affected the passing game on both sides, uh, especially, those, especially those fantasy managers who were leaning on Teddy Bridgewater. Sorry, guys. Lo siento mucho. They were disappointed. Uh, he threw for just uh, 176 yards, one touchdown, one interception. He did take a big hit to the side of the helmet uh, in the second quarter. That He really had many wondering if he'd be back, but he gutted it out and finished uh, in a game that really was not what you'd expect against one of the worst pass defenses in football. Another reminder, familia, keep an eye on the weather report when you're setting your lineups, uh, especially for your quarterbacks. Uh, Matty Ice, Mateo Yellow, Matt Ryan only threw 30, the ball 30 times, which tells you what kind of game this was. He completed 21 for 281 yards and zero TDs. Julio Jones was his usual firme self. Uh, seven grabs for 137 yards, zero TDs. Uh, I saw a stat on Twitter where uh, Julio Jones has the most 100-yard games with zero TDs in NFL history at 29. Second place is 22. Okay, haters, all you people who are like complaining about uh, Julio Jones not scoring as many touchdowns as you should, go ahead, go ahead, hate on hate. Dame Julio, por favor, gracias. Uh, Calvin Ridley gave fantasy managers quite a scare when uh, he went out in the second quarter with an ankle injury. I mean, let's say that it, I had flashbacks to Devontae Adams last year having the his toe injury that knocked him out for several weeks. Um, Ridley did not return. It, uh, it was called an ankle injury. That's a shame because he's having such a wonderful season. Uh, afterward, x-rays did come back negative, so that's good news. Uh, but uh, keep an eye on his availability going forward. Uh, Falcons do play next week, and then they have their bye. So a lot of times teams just kind of you know err on the side of caution when they got a bye coming up to kind of give somebody full time to recover. Todd Gurley spent a lot of time on the sideline yesterday, which was kind of curious. Um, he was on the bike for a while. There was no talk of an injury, but it was curious in a game where uh, he looked like a great play. Uh, just 46 yards on 18 carries and a score. He scored again, so just to keep himself fantasy relevant. Uh, though Brian Hill did vulture 11 carries for 55 yards, so just kind of keep an eye on this backfield. I mean, maybe just look at chalk it up to a weird day on a you know in the, on the weather when weather is playing a part. Uh, back to the Panthers, the the Mike Davis adios adios tour got watered down for 77 total yards and no TDs. Uh, Curtis Samuel he did have himself a game with two touchdowns. One was in the air on a beautiful little pass uh, about 20 yards out, and then another one came on the ground, a 12 yarder, where he just showed the versatility that uh, people keep getting talk, talking about it and kind of teasing about it. Um, so, but again. You know, he's going to get designed runs, so he could become fantasy relevant down the road. Uh, DJ Moore caught just two balls, and they were both late in the fourth quarter, got 55 yards. Uh, Troy Aikman even said the Falcons weren't doing anything special on defense against uh, Moore, I guess. You know, say, uh, just a tough game for DJ Moore owners. I'm with you. I feel you. I feel you. I got him on one of my teams. 
Uh, Robbie Anderson, kind of quiet for a guy who's one of the leading uh, yard, leaders in yardage for receiving. So 48 yards on five catches. Again, can't stress enough how the weather impacted this game. So check the weather reports, Familia. By the way, sending out a happy Halloween to my nephews in Virginia, Robbie and his big brother, my godson, and the world's biggest chungo, Evan. Love you, mijos. Now, let's get into some cheese Cheesme! Well, let's start off with uh, some good news before we get into the scary stuff. Michael Thomas returned to practice on Thursday for the Saints, so that's a good sign. I mean, we're finally looking to get him back uh, after he was hurt uh, in week one. Just uh, everybody who were... Picked them in the first round or have just been waiting, waiting, waiting. Or they traded them and got rid of them. So uh, good news there. Uh, we're on the scary side. Well, Joe Mixon has not been practicing this week. He missed it again on Thursday. So uh, just definitely start making making plans otherwise. Gio Bernard is looking like he's going to be the starter. And uh, looking like the starter for the Cowboys. We're going to preview the game a little bit later in this, uh, in this show. But uh, the Cowboys are talking. Talking about quarterback Ben DiNucci being the likely start over Andy Dalton, who's still in the NFL's concussion protocol. Uh, hopefully it means uh, more Ezekiel Elliott uh, to kind of help out to, the, you know, kind of make up for the season he's been having so far, which has been a little bit underwhelming. So, vamonos. Ojalá. Light veladora. Uh, over in the Jets country, Coach Adam Gase said that Jameson Crowder is not looking good for Week 8 against the Chiefs, uh, and Brashad Perryman has already been ruled out for that Week 8 game. So if Crowder's out, who's going to catch passes for the uh, for the Jets? Aye, aye, aye. Uh, you know, that's a 19.5-point spread that uh, I think is going to go up by the, time, by the game time. So vamos a ver. In some COVID news, the Giants offensive linemen were sent home on Thursday after they were exposed to uh, Will Hernandez, who tested positive for the virus. So uh, keep an eye on this one. As of right now, it doesn't look like the game is in jeopardy. Uh, over in Tampa, the Bucks had a, an equipment manager test positive for COVID. So uh, again, as of now, that game is not in doubt. The Chargers had an offensive lineman, Ryan Groy, uh, already placed on the COVID-19 list. Uh, the team did not practice on Thursday, so uh, they met everyone met virtually, obviously, you know, trying to be safe. So uh, let's hope that nothing happens here further to jeopardize that game. Uh, the Vikings uh, placed linebacker Todd Davis on the COVID-19 list. So uh, again, you know, and that's a second hit to their defense. So uh, again, look at, look ahead to the uh to the pack to bent big on the packers <laughs> load up on your packers and your fantasy lineup this weekend uh so vamos a ver there uh, over on the Broncos, uh, the team, the opponent for the Chargers this week, uh, right guard Graham Glasgow got, was placed on the reserve 19, COVID-19 list. So again, you know, that game doesn't look like it's in jeopardy, but keep an eye on this to make sure that there's no more players who are uh, placed on uh, test positive and are potentially jeopardizing that game. So keep an eye on, the, uh, on everything from Tom Pelissero and uh, Adam Schefter this over the weekend. Uh, over in Jacksonville, Gardner Minshew has multiple fractures in his thumb, so he's questionable for week nine. They're obviously on a bye this week, so uh, there's some talk about Jake Luton uh, possibly going into the starting lineup, but, uh, you know, there's all, been all this talk about uh, Gardner Minshew not, not doing particularly well lately. 
maybe this is the reason why. But uh, yeah, something to keep an eye. Ponlo en la mira. Uh, over in New England, Julian Edelman is after he had knee surgery. He's likely to be placed on the injured reserve. But uh, again, this is a 34-year-old player, so this is something that uh, that needs to be monitored. But uh, quite honestly, I just don't know who I'd want on in, in as far as pass catchers in New England. It just looks so ugly, so ugly. Uh, in the backfield for New England, Damian Harris uh, has been limited in practice on Wednesday and Thursday. I mean, he's been one of the uh, leading ball carriers for them the last few weeks. So, uh, again, uh, keep an eye on that. Uh, over in Chicago, Allen Robinson has missed two days of practice, with a, and he's in the concussion protocol. So, you people with uh, Allen Robinson on your team, you're definitely looking at Darnell Mooney and Anthony Miller as, as replacements uh, this week. So uh, keep an eye on this one. Uh, but I, again, it does not look good for Allen Robinson to be playing this weekend. Uh, Philip Lindsay does look like he's going to be back at practice. He's been back at practice on Thursday, so he is a possibility to play on Sunday. I, you know, that's uh, going to be a tough one because. Melvin Gordon definitely uh, took took kind of the lead in that backfield, so vamos a ver. Uh, you don't know on this one. Uh, this next one is lightly NFL news. Trevor Lawrence, uh, the quarterback at Clemson, tested positive for COVID, and he's going to be missing the game this weekend for the Tigers. Again, I understand. You'll say he's at Clemson, but hey, he's the likely number one uh, draft pick next year. So we got to keep an eye on this one to make sure that uh, he re- he, he recovers healthy and uh, for all those teams that are tanking for Trevor. So uh, keep an eye on this one. I mean, it's a special, special team. All right. Well, let's get back into the Sunday games and going down to Miami, primo. Your parents want this is a new new state. And this is a, a funky one because like we don't know what this Miami team has anymore. They're new. They have a new quarterback. So Tell me what you think, Primo. Well, that's that's going to be the interesting thing because uh, you know I saw I was watching the Miami game where. Tua got into the game at the end and he got a couple of passes in and I mean, he looked, he looked good at that point, but I mean, you mentioned this in yesterday's episode, uh, actually Primo Nico mentioned this in yesterday's episode where it's like, it's different. It's there, there's a big difference going up against going up against the NFL guys. And I know he's gone against great defenders in the sec, but I mean, it's definitely a step up in weight class. We've seen Burrow, uh, have some good games. Justin Herbert has just been a revelation. He's been fantastic. I think part of the reason is Miami just said, look, we, you know, we've been hearing so much about these rookies. We got to see what we got. And I hope right. he's healthy, but uh, you know, but Tua sending him to the wolves against the Ram defense, the which is one of the top defenses, you know, past defenses out there. They're number Aaron two. Donald's going to be so happy. Oh yeah. Cause their offensive line is still not that good. And, oh, and he was just, I mean, he was a beast on, on Monday night football against the bear against Nick Foles and the bears. But uh, yeah, I hope he's uh, I hope he treats Tua nicely. He welcomes the rookie to the, to the league quietly, but um yeah, this could be a tough game for uh, if he's not on. This is going to be a tough game for the Dolphins because then the Rams can concentrate on Miles Gaskin and slowing him down. And I love uh, Gaskin, but I feel yeah. like he's just not going to do it this week. 
Yeah, and I I don't like I don't like Devonte Parker. Mike Gesicki could be a play because the Rams are number twenty. No, he's not a play. Don't tell people that. Stop lying to them, Georgie. Oh, well, I'm starting just because you my like him. Just because he's like he's in your dreams every night. Just like <laughs> I'm sick. When for is he good? When was the last time he was good? That was probably about two weeks ago. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, believe me, I've, I've been disappointed in I've been disappointed. In so don't, he had a go- I, uh, I just feel like you're going down that bad path of, of going with your heart and not your brain. Well, the, but it's yeah. okay. okay. I mean, if you don't have one of the top four, one of the top four tight ends, seriously, you're, you're reaching for a Gesicki and hoping that he does something, you know, and he you're had, saying this because the Rams are 20th against tight end. They're 20th against sweat. Yeah, exactly. That's why. And, and the other thing is I've seen traditionally when young, young quarterbacks come in a lot of time, a lot of times rookie quarterbacks, they end up dumping off to the tight end a lot. So Gasicki, yeah, that's why, I'm, I mean, we're spending a lot of time in Gasicki. Just FYI, he did go for 91 yards on five receptions against the 49ers a couple weeks, uh, three weeks ago. So as you say, I'm he sorry. did go for like nine points. At one point in the season. Yeah. Two weeks ago. Well, you know, it was two games ago. It was two games ago. On the Rams side, you know what? They are a running team. They are a running first team with Jared Goff playing doing play Ooh. action. And it, I think it's Henderson. I really think it's Henderson. Cam Akers got zero carries. He played three snaps in the last game. I know Malcolm Brown. I played Henderson, touchdown. Georgie. It wasn't worth it. Is he worth starting? Well, you know the the Dolphins are twenty four against running backs, so they're not good. They're not good against running backs. The Rams are, are gonna are, are gonna try and you know dominate the game, and I I think I think they're gonna try and set the tone with the running backs, and then try and take their shots with Woods and Cup. I mean the the Dolphins are fairly decent against the wide receiver. They're kind of middle of the road. Uh, Woods and Cup definitely did not have good games last week. I mean because Goff just didn't throw that much, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I can see this being a game where the Rams are are using the running game to just kind of open up the open up the passing game later. So just running the whole way, then that's it. So this game, if you had to bet on who's if this was like a DraftKings captain game, you would basically just lean heavy on the Rams running game. I would. I'd I'd probably make Daryl Henderson if I if it was this game, I would make Daryl Henderson my captain. Uh, okay. Even even with even with Goff and Tagovailoa, but and okay. the Ram defense, the Ram defense is definitely a play this week because again, rookie quarterbacks, That's a good point. rookie quarterbacks, they can uh, they can be very generous. If we were doing that, I would definitely throw Rams defense as my captain. Yeah. Well, let me go to the next game, which is going to be a way more competitive game than the one you just talked about. Pittsburgh six and zero, oh, the only undefeated team. Ooh, Am I correct? Right? Good. Oh, they're the last one, last of the weekend. Baltimore Ravens five and one. Baltimore's uh, favored by four points, and uh, they also have the over under forty six and a half. This game's not going to be that high. Usually. Pittsburgh Baltimore is either really high or really low, like 13 to 17. So I definitely want to go with the under. Let's look at Big Ben last week. He really, when we saw him play last week, he bleeds. He is defeatable. And what I mean by that is he threw three interceptions last week against who did they play last week? The Titans. Yeah. Who are an okay defense, maybe, maybe top 10. 
but they're going against the Baltimore Ravens this week. So he cannot play that sloppy. James Conner's been very good. I'm happy that they have him because it's James Conner's what's going to be able to open up the game for Big Ben. He's not just going to be able to throw everywhere. He's got five different receivers. When you look at Claypool, Johnson, Washington, Juju, and Ebron. And it's your guess or mine, which one he's going to go to. Last week, it was the Deontay Johnson show. Uh, Juju got 85 yards, which isn't bad, but he didn't get a touchdown. I've been saying it every time. A different Steeler is going to get like multiple touchdowns every game. I have no idea who it's going to be this week. It'll probably be Juju or Washington. So mark my words. Uh, But they're going against Baltimore. When you look at Baltimore, they're fourth against running back, fifth against the wide receiver. I feel like Big Bang can move the ball, but they're going to get stuck in the red zone. So look for their kicker, uh, Boswell, to probably eat up most of the points because I just don't see them pushing the ball against Baltimore. On the Baltimore side, same thing. They don't have any running game, and that's good, I guess, because Pittsburgh's super good against the running game. They're third. They like I've said this before. They've held Saquon to like six yards or twenty six, something like that. So they're gonna have to look to throw it in the air, and that's the only way they can do anything. So we're looking for Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown to be able to do some long distance ones. Cause all you need is one or two touchdowns against this team, long breaks because both defenses, this is going to be a defensive game. So look for Hollywood Brown to get a long touchdown. Uh, Pittsburgh's 26th on defending the wide receivers compared to Baltimore's fifth. So it'll be interesting to see if Pittsburgh can spread the ball. Uh, and they haven't been doing so to Ebron, which they really need to, because that's the weakest point in Baltimore's defense. But as far as this game, I bet you Baltimore wins by anywhere from a field goal to a touchdown. And it's going to have to be all through the air because they have no running game. Yeah. I think this one, the, the only person, uh, I think Marquise Brown is going to be a threat for maybe getting a long ball, but yeah, this one, the, the Ravens have been playing better defense of late and they had a couple, you know, they had the, the bye week to really just kind of get healthy. They just got the player from Dallas. Yeah. And they also got the, the, the lineman from the, from the Vikings. So they're just, I mean, they're going to be loaded. That's who they got. I think the Dallas guy went to, I forgot who, where he went. Oh yeah. I'll bring it up. Yeah. We could look at that one up, but no, it was, yeah, they got, they got the defensive lineman from Yannick Ngakwe from the uh, Vikings. And it's just, uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, I've, I'm sitting big Ben on one of my leagues. I'm playing Lamar Jackson just because you play Lamar Jackson. And, uh, and I think, you know, he's, he hasn't looked his best. I mean, he's number 11 in fantasy points per game this season, which is just like, wow, who would have thought that, especially the people who used like a high pick on, you know, a first or even an early second round pick on him. But um, it's, it's going to be tough. I mean, other than the wide receiver, Pittsburgh is tough on the running backs, uh, tough on the tight ends. They're number six against the tight ends, number three against the running backs. So it's, it's, this is going to be a a dogfight game. I'm taking the under and I'm taking Pittsburgh plus the four points. Uh, I think, I think it'll be Baltimore, but go for it. Oh, well, well, Ricky, you know what? I, I put my name against the next one, but this is your chargers. 
So, uh, you know, spew, I'm going to let you spew on Justin Herbert. It'll be quick because Denver's two and four, but they still have an okay defense. Uh, I don't know what's going on with their offense. You see Drew and Locke, 254 yards last week, two interceptions. Chargers defense is beatable. Does Drew Locke beat them? I wouldn't bet on it. Melvin Gordon got a luck touchdown at the end, but with Philip Lindsay being out, Melvin Gordon's definitely going to have his revenge game. I see him maybe gain two touchdowns uh, only because the Chargers, they're horrible against the quarterback. So I imagine Drew Locke's going to go to Melvin Gordon because who else does he have? Tim Patrick has a hamstring issue. Jerry Judy's eh because he only got 20 yards last week. Noah Fant, I don't know what he's going to do. So we don't know if he's going to play. And he just got back. Right. So I don't know if Drew Locke, Drew Locke has nowhere else to go. So just expect everything to have to go through Gordon. And because the Chargers just can't defend that well against it, it's just going to go through Gordon. He's going to get all the points for the Denver side. But on the Chargers side, Herbert's been tearing it up. He's been their lead rusher. And Chargers are going to want to get out to a quick lead and just sit on it because they don't want to have – when you don't have Eckler, you don't have some, you're a big piece of your offense. And basically they need to get out to a quick lead and slow the game down and just basically end it. Cause Kelly hasn't been very efficient. He went 12 rushes for 29 yards and five for five on receiving, but for only 24 yards, Jackson, 12 yards, five carries and 43 yards rushing. They're just not efficient. So they need Eckler because they're not going to be able to eat the clock out. So in this game, they need to hurry up and run to a lead because they're not going to be able to run the clock out real quick. Denver, they're lucky, sucks so much. I don't think they're going to be able to even do garbage time points. They might be lucky if they get two touchdowns, maybe 17 points. So when you look at the over-under here, the only way it's under 44.5 is if they don't want to show up with Herbert and they want to do what Patrick Mahomes did last week and just like sit on the game when you're three touchdowns ahead. But I don't think that's going to happen this time. I think Denver's defense is going to challenge Herbert, but Herbert's badass. We're going to see him lead again. And it's all going to go through Herbert this week. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, uh, I, I think it's going to be another, another big Keenan Allen yay because the, the Denver defense is good against the run. They're not good against the, not great against the pass. So that's where they're beatable. And I think that's where they're going to win. I think Justin Herbert's going to have himself another big game and Keenan Allen, uh, uh, you know, Mike Williams only had four point four yards receiving next week, last week. So, uh, I could see him having a big bounce back game. It's just, uh, you know, I, I think the chart, Chargers could be getting could be getting on a bit of a run. Plus, they got a little more healthy on the defensive side, so that's going to help them out. Yeah, they that's got Melvin back. Definitely, definitely. You want me to take the next one? Definitely, go for it. Well, Chicago host at five and two, hosting the New Orleans Saints at four and three. This is going to be, you know, this is kind of a a little bit of a wonky game. New Orleans is a four point favorite uh, at forty three and a half point uh over under uh i mean you look at this game i mean it's still the the big question mark is michael thomas does he play and and on the other side does alan robinson play if both receivers are down this is these are this is a very different offenses um 
the one thing is Drew Brees has had the practice and, uh, you know, he's been feeding Alvin Kamara a lot out of the backfield. He's just been phenomenal. Uh, I think he's the, the running back one right now, but you know, last week he found Marquez Callaway for he's eight, like the fantasy player. Number one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's just been wonderful, 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 wonderful. And I, yes, I know you're going to remind us that you got him in at the beginning <laughs> of the second round, but, uh, but really, you know what, if there's no Thomas, you know, Emmanuel Sanders missed last week's game with an injury. I mean, it's like Marquez Callaway and trick. Is it Trey Quan Smith helping him out? Uh, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it really narrows the option for, for the saints. On the Chicago side, Foles had, you know, had himself a tough time uh, against the Ram defense. Uh, it's a little bit, the Saints, for some reason, have been a little bit more forgiving to quarterbacks and, and wide receivers this year, which is kind of weird because they do have a, a, a defensive secondary with a lot of pedigree, but um, they're, yeah, but they, they begin on some points. If there's no Allen Robinson, it's Darnell Mooney, it's Anthony Miller. It could be those guys getting some play. So they or, can survive without uh, I don't know if they're going to survive. I think, I think New Orleans is going to have enough, even, you know, they're, they're going to be playing in, you know, in the crisp weather. Uh, but I think it's, you know, it comes down to who's got the better quarterback and Drew Brees is the better quarterback in this game. Uh, Jimmy Graham could uh, get some play this week because the, the saints have just been bleeding points to the tight end. They're number 30 in tight end points allowed. So, uh, it, you know, it, it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, the, the, uh, the Chicago defense is still legit. I mean, they're, they're tough, but uh, you know, it, I, I tell you if, uh, if that, that the saints just might have enough playmakers, just having Alvin Kamara on the field to win this game yeah right so uh and i don't think we're gonna see emmanuel sanders because i think the covid no matter what is three weeks yeah that one's a tough one that one's a tough one uh well i let's go over to seattle uh this is gonna be a very contra you know contrasting styles a little bit between both of them have a game both of them need to prove something with this game yeah. And, you know, this is, I think, you know, they're back in the division. Seattle's coming off of a, a, a heartbreaking loss to the Cardinals. San Francisco had is coming, is riding that high off of beating up on the, on the uh, Patriots. Uh, but just the contrast in styles, the 49ers run, 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 but who's going to run the ball. Tevin Coleman, he's off IR this week. Uh, he may play this week. Jamichael Hasty may play. Jarek McKinnon had negative one yards rushing last week. Uh, I mean, it's uh, and and they're the running team. Uh, I think that there's going to be some Kittle action here. Uh, you know, even though Seattle is number three against fantasy tight ends, but I think it's mostly because they just give give away all the points to fantasy wide receivers because they're number thirty two. But uh, are the 49ers going to throw enough with you know with just Kittle and Ayuk? Because uh, really, I mean that. Uh, Debo Samuel is out. So uh, you, you just don't know on the other side, you just fire up Russell Wilson, fire up Russell Wilson. It's going to be his game and it's going to be Tyler Lockett. It's going to be DK Metcalf. The 49er defense has been tough. I mean, they still don't have the, all their horses in the secondary. So, and, and they're still you know, number six against wide receivers, but uh, I still think if they're going to score, they're going to score through the air because their whole running game is question marks. Chris Carson, game time decision, Carlos Hyde, hamstring, DJ Dallas, 
I mean, Ooh. exactly. Ken. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, you let Russ cook and you just go from there. Yeah. And I think uh, you pick and choose between Metcalf and Lockett. Cause this is like the first week where we really see Metcalf throw up barely any points, but Lockett throw up like a gajillion. So uh, yeah, I think both of these guys, you definitely want to throw against this defense, even though the defense is really good. This is the only way that Seattle scores and Russell's just way too accurate to, to skip out on, um, on the, the San Fran side. God, I hate all of their running back options and the way Jimmy G looked last week. It's just like, uh, are we back to seeing the crappy San Fran, even though they won last week, right? They won easy. They won easy against the Patriots, but, but they haven't gone. I mean, they, they went, when they went against Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray took them apart. And it's like and Jimmy G had stemming. two interceptions last week. Yeah. It's like, we still, we still don't know this team. And that's why I say that they still have something to prove. That's all. And Seattle has something to prove, not because this is the Niners, but because they last, they lost last week. That's why. I think you're right. I think you're right. And they, I don't think they want to lose. They're, they're going to do, they're going to do everything they can to not have two losses in a row in the NFC West, because those, any, any, all victories in the NFC West are going to be precious because that's just, that's, that division is going to be a dog fight. Uh, well, going from the best division to the worst division, the worst the oh, league, is the league leader two and five. Yeah. Two, well, Philly, two, four, and one. They're, you know, because of the oh, tie. Oh, sorry, because the tie confuses my brain. Against the two and five Dallas at Philly. So I don't know if they're going to have fans. But already, Dalton, concussion, did not practice on Wednesday. Are we going to see him? Are we going to see Danucci? Who knows? Does it matter? Either way, we know we're going to get a, a second tier. And no, I'm sorry, a ninth tier quarterback. And you're not going to see anything from CD Lamb. You're not going to see anything from Gallup and you're just going to see Cooper with something because the quarterback's not going to know where to throw the ball other than deep in the air. And then Zeke, we're not going to see much of because garbage time, they don't feature running backs. And no matter what, because this team has a horrible defense, they're always going to be behind this time. They just can't catch up like they could with deck. Now, when you look at Philadelphia, who's one of the most horrible teams, Outside the Cowboys. Carson Wentz has been a little bit on fire lately. Last week, he had 359 yards. Uh, without Sanders, Scott had 92 yards and a touchdown with a beautiful last-minute throw or receiving touchdown at the end to win the game. Uh, Fulgham, Fulgham, whatever, Fulgham, <laughs> however you want to pronounce it. He's been playing well, uh, I believe. What's the other guy? I think it's Ward. They've all been playing really well, like a good unit. So, and this Richard Rogers guy, who he went six for six, six for 85 in place of Godard and uh, Ertz. But now we Goddard might be back. So we'll see what goes on with them. But this team is just playing more like a team than Dallas. So they're going to whoop booty against Dallas. Dallas just is not there yet. So look for Philadelphia to kind of put on a clinic and kind of show everybody this is what we're trying to do. This is not what they're going to look like every week, but at least we're going to be able to see them showcase their abilities. And uh, it'll be fun on that end. On the Dallas end, I don't know what to tell you. I'm, I'm super excited that 
this is happening and Zeke isn't going to be fantasy relevant, but uh, it's just ugly to watch unfold, right? To see Gallup and Lamb get zero last week. Uh, oh, duele. And you know what? And, and it's been tough to watch Zeke uh, owning him in our familia league. Uh, you, you just see the big difference that that offensive line. I mean, he's talented. He's got a Hall of Fame. You were going to get Zeke or yeah. Saquon. So, yeah. So, I mean, I'm happy to have, uh, you know, Zeke and maybe their offensive line gets a little bit more uh, healthy. I mean, they got four of their five starters uh, out. So, I mean, that just, uh, that, that makes a difference. That makes a difference. I mean, all the stats go out the door when you don't have an offensive line. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you're throwing a JV offensive line out there in the NFL and, and even uh, it, it, it's, it, it's going to be tough. Um, I mean, Philly, uh, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm playing, I'm playing Philly. I'm firing up everybody. I mean, they, Miles Sanders is still not practicing this week. I mean, he, he wasn't practicing as of Wednesday. So uh, we don't have the the Thursday practice report yet, but um, you know, quien sabe. I mean, it's, uh, it, but Boston Scott filled in nicely. I, you know, he was a little bit of a dual threat, caught, caught, caught some balls out of the backfield. So, and I think against Dallas, he could be an interesting DFS play if Miles Sanders is out because he could be a cheap guy who's going to get some receptions and run all over that Dallas defense because they are just they're going to lean on him a lot if they have yeah, you they are just bad across the board and the other the other one to keep an eye on is Jalen if Jalen Rieger plays you know he started practicing this week so he could play Sunday so uh you know he there's so many rookie ride receivers have been going nuts this year so vamos a ver it, it, it may be his turn next I'll take us to uh, New Jersey once again, but on the NFC side, to the other, to the other ugly NFC Easter. Well, it's the Tampa Bay Bucks five and two at New York Giants one and six. It's an eleven point spread. Tan- Tampa Bay is favorite and a forty six point five over under. I'm going to make it easy uh, right now. I mean, Wayne Gallman was an was was a uh, really good. Uh, what was a don't, really popular don't he was okay he was a popular he wasn't a good replacement nine points is not good but no okay. he was a he was a popular pick on the waiver wire but i was just kind of like i you know when i put him in the waiver wire column i said warning you're not playing him this week i mean i know he's gonna be i wouldn't play lucky. him any week yeah i mean it just because of volume but i you know sterling shepherd was another popular pick but again the Tampa Bay defense may be the best defense in the NFL right now. They are just on all levels. Hard to hear. Hard to hear. It is hard to hear, but you know, you're not, I don't think you're playing. I don't want Tom Brady to have everything. Oh, but you're not playing any giants this week. You're, you're just not, not not even Danny dimes, not, not Danny dimes, maybe Evan Ingram, just because the tight end landscape is just so ugly, but on the Tampa Bay side, I mean, they, they got Chris, they got no Chris Godwin. He's out with finger surgery. But they never needed him anyways. They, they didn't. I mean, maybe Mike Evans, uh, Mike Evans has always done better when Godwin is out. His targets go up. Scotty Miller has basically filled in for him well. And Gronk, he's back. I mean, he got 62 yards and, and a touchdown last week. 
but uh and brady is is tough i actually heard on a different podcast that there were someone was asking about the possibility of trading brady for trading lamar jackson to get brady and i was just like how can you can you imagine three months ago if we would have been talking like that they would have said local no no that's stupid even still because tom brady is so inconsistent because it's just uh oh my god you don't well, they're wanna... killing people they're they're, they're but he's not always part of it ronald jones went for like over 100 yards and two touchdowns yeah. the week before or whatever and tom brady got very few points so i've seen it where people are all like i don't want tom brady anymore because he wasn't scoring high high points in this game he does but they because he did so bad the previous six games everyone stat him for someone else so I don't know. I'm I'm not on the Tom Brady train. He's not consistent week to week yet for me. No. And and you know what? I don't like I'm not touching this running back group. I mean, I, I put Ronald Jones I played Ronald Jones in DFS no. last week and it was big, big letdown. I, Huge I'm letdown. I'm excited to see what Fournette's gonna do because I have him in two leagues, but it's like I I'm tired. Like this season is the year of the stupid committees and I'm just tired of having to try to guess which running back it's going to be because right now it's been none of them. Like none of the committees have made a decision on who their top one is. No, and they're not. And I don't know who's likely to do one anytime soon. So, uh, but yeah, this one, uh, I could see playing an Evans or a Miller uh, to, to get, get some, you know, but you know, the, the giants defense, they've been sneaky, pretty good against the wide receivers. They've got James Bradbury, who's been one of the top five rated, uh, cornerbacks, according to pro football focus. So, uh, vamos a ver, vamos a ver. All right. That's it for, that's it for this week. Uh, everybody happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Be, be very scared. Be, you know, unfortunately we have to be socially distant, but, uh, you know, still, still have, have some fun. Still show some spirit. Definitely some spirit and eat lots of candy. So, uh, uh, gracias otra vez. Thanks. Thank you to anchor for being our hosting network and for making sure independent podcast gets out to you, the familia community, uh, please subscribe at Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, make sure to leave us an Apple, uh, review, uh, five-star por favor. And remember, follow us on Twitter at Familia FFB, our Familia FFB Facebook page and original content at FamiliaFFB.com. Uh, gracias everybody. Remember, Get out and vote. This is the weekend. Really get, 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 get them in your, get them in the box, you know, get them in the, they're open all day. So, porque siempre, todos somos familia. Adios amigos. Salud.